Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we are talking about divinity and the idea of divinity. And the goddess is standing sort of like in a meadow, in a nature, on a mountain. And she's sort of like rising up a little bit from the ground, like a little bit flying. And the sun is out and shining and her arms are open wide. She is completely open to the divine. And her dear animal is just being there with her, being present in her divinity. It says on the back of the card, all that comes through us is divine because we are divine. A long time ago, our bodies were considered to be the image of the divine. Yet at some point, we started seeing our bodies as objects to be sculpted into someone else's idea of perfection. Every ounce of us is divine. When we start to accept this, Just as we accept our bodies and our feelings, then we can stop fighting with ourselves and allow ourselves to freely express our own divinity. And for me, this idea, this card, when I was suffering from my own eating disorder, I did not really get this at all. And when I tell my clients now that every little part of you is necessary and divine and wonderful, even the parts that you don't like at all are divine, that it's just a hard one to wrap your head around when you've been shamed and not accepted as you are, especially if you don't look like what everybody thinks that you should look like, or you're not the way that people want you to be. But to step into that divinity and to step into the idea that not only are we just great, And our bodies are the image of the goddess, but that actually it is divine. It's a very um, out there kind of thing to think, but it is really a wonderful thing to think. And for me, it was a lot about accepting my self-worth as a woman in a culture that doesn't so very much honor women and certainly doesn't honor women's bodies. I have a great person to talk about this today, Whitney, and she's going to tell you what she's doing and why she picked this card and how she works with divinity in her own life and with her clients. And so I'm going to turn it over to her. Thank you so much, Laura Lee. I am so very excited to be a guest on your beautiful show that I am so grateful for. I am a mental health therapist and I specialize in working with individuals who are struggling with uh, disordered eating. And it can be difficult to find resources to hear 
truthful discussion about the topic. I was just meeting with a family earlier today for family therapy for their daughter who's struggling. And they said, we get so scared because we try to find all these resources and so many resources just give us a lot of things to be worried about, to be scared about. And, you know, I've listened to so many of your episodes and it just brings such beautiful hope and an honest exploration of an eating disorder and what it truly is. But the hope is that when you look at what it truly is, we see where we can truly go from here which is a much more healthy and again, hopeful situation than where we find ourselves. Exactly. And how much hope there is now, whereas when I was struggling with my own eating disorder, first of all, I didn't even know that I even had an eating disorder. I just thought I was really messed up. There was no word for it, no name, but certainly that there was no recovery. I just had to deal with it the rest of my life. That's all there was. That's really what I thought for a long time. Absolutely. You know, I'm actually very aware of that because a part of my story is that my mom has anorexia since she was 20. So that was just right before she had me and my brothers. So she struggled with it her whole life. So that was back in the um, 70s, early 80s that she was in the hospital and being treated. And just as you just described, Laura Lee, they really treat you like that it's just inconvenience and you really just need to snap out of it and start eating and get over it. Not a lot of compassion, very little, not a lot of understanding or really help. Just you need to be treated as if there's something very wrong with you and not looking at it any further. And because of that, it was really hard for my mom to ever come out of that. So I think that our treatment has evolved in a positive way that it looks at the person and what's actually going on underneath an eating disorder because like your beautiful podcast states, it's not about food. Right. It's not about food. So my mom had an eating disorder my whole life, her and probably most of her life. So consequently, the rest of us did too. She died of Alzheimer's and she couldn't remember her name or where she was or if she'd even eaten earlier or who I was. But she could tell me and she would tell me, I can't believe how fat I am. So the core issue of her that she was not okay and she was too fat was so deep on her and it was her identity it was and then it was her only identity I would say to her mom you look beautiful I think that you're fabulous and she was a beautiful woman but she really never saw that because she had been told a lot of her life that she was not okay And just the damage that does for us. And when we think about that we're divine, that we're made in the likeness of a goddess, that just blows your mind, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was so excited to get this card. And I did pick it at random. I just sifted through the deck and I came with this and I thought it was so perfect. Because I think about this so much, Loralee, and I think you and I spoke about this when we first talked about doing the show, which is that it's really quite fascinating that we find ourselves in this place where it's so much more common to thoroughly reject and disapprove of bodies rather than to celebrate yes. <laughs> to see them for the miraculous <laughs> vessels that they are that yes. just work constantly for us, that are here for us, that are just truly incredible. Yet we don't allow ourselves to see that. We stay in the state, which to your point, it's such a strong held critical view of it. This, why can't I get it to do what I think it should do? Yeah. Just so many ways to disapprove of rather than to, again, celebrate and to find a wonderful acceptance and joyous celebration of. I know. And right now, I think about my clients. A lot of them are really struggling 
with the idea that their bodies are not okay and that during this COVID time, they should have been like learning a new yoga practice or they should have been whittling down and they've got the COVID-20 or whatever. And I tell them, did you live through COVID? Because that was your body doing that. Your body fought (laughs) off a horrible virus that is out there everywhere. Let's all get, yay, body. (laughs) And all we can say is, I gained 15 pounds. I know. And here's the thing is we say that there's a problem here. Oh my gosh, I gained weight. There's a problem. I need to fix it. What is the problem? And, And I ask that because that's a question that I've had to sit with because as someone who's been in an eating disorder, I have that automatic reaction that when my weight fluctuates, it's like the red lights flash and it says problem, problem, something's wrong. And I've had to learn to sit with it and say, what is wrong? Are you not able to show up in this world to go on with your life? There's something in my brain that almost feels that way. When you've gotten into the depths of an eating disorder, it feels it's not okay to go to this certain place. And it's about really checking in with that and asking, where did that belief come from? Is it true? Because for me, I've recognized that it's not. That's right. Why am I so upset about this? I have a little dog and I took him to the vet a few months ago and she said, Scooter has gained seven pounds. And I went, the COVID seven. (laughs) She said, no, I think he's not walking very much because he's blind. So we're not going on big hikes. And I said, I know, I was only kidding. I understand he is not his normal, happy little run out the door and go for a big walk self anymore. I'm just glad he's still here. Even if there's seven more pounds of him, I'll take however many more pounds that he is because he's healthy. He went blind during COVID and that's what happened. And he doesn't care. He thinks he's fine. So that's us. That's us that gets upset if we gain seven pounds or 19 pounds or no pounds even. Unless you're losing, you're not okay. Really, that's the eating disorder. Yeah, exactly. And it makes us wonder, where did this come from? And how can we move on from this? And again, we spoke about this when we connect about me being on the show is that my biggest goal in this lifetime is to help people to begin having a vision, holding a vision for the way that things can be versus the way they are now. You know, Because when you stop and look at the way things are now, as we've just described, with the minds of an eating disorder, it's completely backwards and it goes against our nature. It goes against the nature of life, which is to celebrate life, to experience life. Because an eating disorder is a true denial of life. You're saying, nope, I cannot be, I cannot have life if I don't meet this very specific parameter, which is this much restriction or this low of a weight. I am not acceptable. I am not worthy unless I can do that. And that goes against nature because there's no law in nature that says you have to be a certain weight to exist (laughs) or to be happy or to just be alive. And we've come to believe that. And that's, in my view, is that that the change that can happen and that I would love to see happen is, is to let go of these beliefs that we've created about what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to look and what weight means. Why do we give it such power? I don't know. I've thought about this so many times. I remember again, looking at my mother and thinking she was so beautiful. And she'd say to me, but look at this and look at this. And I would like with my little girl self go, yeah, it looks okay to me. I think you look great, you know, whatever. But you can see it creeping in in our culture right now with the whole obesity, COVID and obesity. If you're obese, you're going to get COVID. 
and that's going to be bad because you should have done something about this already. And I just hate that that's where we are right now with this rather than how can we all increase our ability to not get sick? Why don't we just do that instead of calling it obese? Absolutely. Increase our vitality. Let's yeah. talk about the things that bring us to be more lively and happy because those are the things that are conducive to health and increased immunity, which is what keeps us exactly. safe from disease. And to your point is that when we bring the focus back to obesity, that just cranks up our fear all over again about, uh-oh, it's even just that belief. It's bad. It's bad if I get too heavy because then all these bad things happen. It promulgates this real dark idea about being over a certain weight. It's just... Which nobody can decide what that weight is anyway. No. It's just overweight. Over whose weight? Over what weight? Yeah, <laughs> what exactly. Are you even talking about? I talk a lot about that as a therapist and as a woman when we're talking about this on International Women's Day, which is cool. Right. Of course. We get one day at least, huh? One day we'll, it'll just be women's <laughs> greater presence, but I'll take a day for right now yeah. if we can all allow it to be a day to have intention about voicing our hopes and visions for women and our presence. Saying is that I think that there's such a, a scarcity mindset for women when it comes to being fearful that we don't have enough. And, but then just to your point, what is enough? I've always thought, okay, well, I, I'm not thin enough or I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. And it's, where does enough? When do you reach that? Where is that? I remember talking to people of this. There's always going to be someone out there who's maybe thinner or prettier or getting more attention, whatever it is. So if you've decided that your value is based on external reinforcement or barometers, like measuring yourself against others, you're forever fighting that battle because you can only win for like five seconds. You're like, okay, okay, I'm good enough right now. But then somebody else comes along and you're like, well, I don't measure up to them. So my worth is gone again. And that's an exhausting way to live. It is exhausting. <laughs> and it's living for an ideal that can never be. I do uh, the Beyond Hunger Peer Education program that we started about 15 years ago, where I teach young people to go into schools and talk about eating disorders and body hatred. So I've been doing this for a long time. And one of the things we talk about is that the reason why we have been taught that we're not okay is so that we'll buy a product. And not that it's not okay to use makeup. Obviously, I'm sitting here with purple hair to have hair color and to, you Fabulous know, do purple hair. Thank you. But to do whatever we want to do without the idea that we're not okay before we use that. And that boys and men, they are now a new way to make money. And so they're coming after them. And I tell the boys in the classroom, you're not going to get away with this. They're coming after you. They're going to say that your penis isn't big enough, that you're not buff enough, that you have pimples, that your hair isn't good enough. It's happening. It's going to happen to you. And that's such a concerning thing, Laura Lee, in our culture right now is that as much advocacy as there is, or so that people say there is for acceptance, for love, the reality is that a lot of like the commercials that sort of present that premise are based on wanting to sell a product yes. that you think you need in order to have something because there's no money and contentment. That's right. <laughs> if we were all content and we accepted ourselves just as we are, we would say, I'm good. I don't need that or this. I don't need to be any different than I am. And then there's no money in that because we're not no going to be money. out there buying everything or trying nope. to fix anything. It is disconcerting when you look around and you say, oh, there's a lot of vested interest in keeping us 
discontent with ourselves, unhappy with ourselves, yearning to always be more and to get more and to have more and to change. And it's really puts an interesting spin on things right now because, you know, I think that humans are starting to get frustrated. I think we're reaching this limit of, I'm tired of not really liking myself. I'm tired of always trying to feel like I need to do something for something different or not just be who I am. But then we're also reaching this fever pitch of consumerism and social media where it's just right in your face how some people just seem so amazing and they're so impressive. And so we're constantly comparing ourselves. It truly is a fascinating time because I believe we are reaching that crescendo and we're about to hit a strong change because this can't be sustained. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. It can't. And the more and more, like I tell my clients, they'll say, I feel like I'm not going to be okay because this weight that I am is dangerous for my knees. I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just saying that probably if your knees are bad, they might be bad whether you're 20 pounds lighter or not. It might be your knees. (laughs) It might not be your weight or what you were eating. It might be your knees. It might be genetic. It might be a lot of things. Let's open up the conversation to more instead of less and narrow everything down to I'm not okay and that's why I have this fill in the blank. What if you are okay and we just have to figure out how to best take care of ourselves? What if that? Absolutely. And that's the difference between coming from fear and coming from love. Because maybe there is a time where somebody feels, you know, I would prefer, I I always encourage clients, try the word prefer. I prefer to be this weight rather than, oh, I have to lose weight right now because this weight's not acceptable. We can have preferences. We need to be honest with ourselves. However, it's important to say, is that preference realistic? If I get to that weight, do I tend to stay there? Or do I tend to always come right back because it doesn't really match with my body and my needs? But to the point of this client you're talking about with their knees, it's interesting that rather than coming from a loving place and saying, wow, my knees really hurt. What can I do to help them? What can I do to help my body? We go straight to, oh gosh, I'm overweight and I'm this is bad. I am bad for this. I need to lose these bad 20 pounds. So it tends to lean towards the fearful negative side rather than the loving side, which reminds me of the divinity card because divinity doesn't know that there's anything wrong with itself because there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that it's is not, divinity's so never going to say, oh my gosh, I need to lose two dress sizes smaller. Divinity is just like, whoo, showing up and so stoked to be showing up. Yes. Divinity is, give me another dress size. Let me have more <laughs> of my own self. <laughs> yeah. I want to take up more of my glorious space. Have a good friend who says, my family thinks, don't you lose one inch of yourself. We need all of you here, all of whatever you are. We want it here. And as I get older, we don't even know the tsunami of aging that's going to happen to us that is just going to blow all of this out of the water. So we have to really get on the side of our own selves as we are just going through this life and just trying to survive at this point and live in a good way to take care of ourselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it just seems, you know, we're against the odds right now with that, just with everything in our culture and the things that are emphasized, the things that we're told are important. And we seem at odds with that. However, I just have such a strong belief that can change. And my hope comes from the fact that, Laura Lee, the way that we do it now is actually the most difficult way you could possibly do it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, when you think about it, to constantly spend your life, as I was saying earlier, it's exhausting to spend all your time thinking, I'm not enough. I need to change. This is not good. The most natural thing is just to say, oh my gosh, I'm awesome and perfect just as I am. And just to be in a natural state of being rather than feel like you always have to do something. I think that eventually everything tends to come back to its natural state once it finds that trying to force something is just futile and exhausting. So I think we're finding our way back to that, you know, of let's just be ourselves. Let's see if we can escape because so much of an eating disorder becomes this really hard-worn mental programming to the point of your mother, right? Where you said that even her last days, she was still like, I am too heavy. I am you know? way and too heavy for of, this. At right. the end of her life, that was still with her because it was in her brain so heavily. And of course, because she was the age she was and she had Alzheimer's, she was like a tiny little person. She was like a little doll, actually, at the end of her life. So was it even any sort of reality at all? And what would it have been like to have her at some point in my life and in her life where she went, I'm good. I'm good enough. This is good. I'm happy to be here on the planet. Would have changed my life for sure. And it makes me think that if that was still with her at the very end, and even when she was this frail older woman, that it was something that was introduced to her so early on that almost just became hardwired into her understanding. So it leads us to realize that our work now is to how do we change the entire messaging from the beginning? Because if those ideas weren't created, we wouldn't think this way. Immediately when we come into this world, we're giving these really powerful messages that if you don't look a certain way, people may not be kind to you. They may not treat you well. You may not be accepted. You may not make it. You may not be safe or you're have gonna die. Somebody's going to kill you because you're not okay. I have two little grandkids. They're bigger grandkids now, but they loved their body, every inch of their body. They just thought, this body is the greatest thing ever. They'd see themselves in the mirror and they'd think, there's a friend. Hi. And then at some point, society got a hold of them. And even though my son and my daughter-in-law really model a different way. And of course, I'm their grandma, and I model a different way. There's still a pressure from the society that we live in, that you're not okay. Really, you think you're okay, but you're not okay. It's a paradigm shift to go back to, we need to remember that we're divine. We need to remember that we're okay. Not only okay, we're fabulous. We are. It's just what we are, just by nature, just naturally. We're totally fabulous. We do ourselves such a disservice by not being with that, by not being with that truth. Because exactly. it, it is the truth. And it, it is the most heartbreaking thing, what you just described, is when you see little kids and they are so excited to be here and to express themselves. And they're not self-conscious yet, right? They're not yet noticing. They want to run around naked. And sometimes they even wonder, like, when did we decide that we're supposed to get all, quote unquote, grown up and stop celebrating and just dancing <laughs> naked or whatever right. we want to do? We're the only one who made these rules about, oh, no, you grow up and then you just get real serious and life gets real serious. And, <laughs> you know, you got to be real careful to stay within certain bounds and what's acceptable and what's not. Children quickly catch on and they say, oh, that person is getting made fun 
fun of. And people really like them because they look like this or do that. And we develop that fear. It all comes from fear. If it came from love, we wouldn't have any concern. This would not be the way that it is. That's exactly right. And that's the paradigm shift is from fear to love. And what I like to refer to it as because it to me, it really hones in on the nature of, of addiction or disorders. It's going from conditionality to unconditional because when we get attached to an eating disorder, it's because we think that I can only be acceptable if that's a conditional statement. I need to be really thin because that makes me acceptable and lovable and more worthy rather than just as we keep talking about the unconditional, the divine, which is just as I am is of magnificence, is of divinity, is of perfection. And I, of my nature, am love and therefore, of course, lovable. It's so great. So great. And I think about some of my clients that will say, if I don't lose this weight, my partner is not going to love me anymore. And I think to myself, how much does your partner weigh? Because that's the weight you need to lose. (laughs) 180 pounds, leave that person. Now you don't have that 180 pounds anymore around your neck. It just drove me crazy that we always think it's our fault. Always. Yeah, we do. There's so much shame. There's shame and self-blaming because we feel helpless. I think another part of our culture, it's not encouraged to trust yourself. Because again, that leads to contentment and self-sufficiency, which isn't a moneymaker. If you're, if you're self-sufficient, you're not spending money on other people to tell you what to do. And then big business is in trouble because we realize we're self-reliant. So when we don't trust ourselves, we are going to blame ourselves because we're going to say, oh, I knew it. I knew that I was stupid or wrong or that I messed everything up. Who is it that says, oh, I can't remember her name. It doesn't help anybody to hide our own light under a barrel. It doesn't do anything but hurt us. Who are we not to step into our own power? Of course, that's what we need to do. Of course, we need to do that. Absolutely. And that that ties into the the quote, something like, when you let your light shine, you give others permission to let their light shine. So it actually is the greatest service you can do the world to take that barrel off and let your light shine. Let it all glow. Let your glow come up because we all glow. Again, that divinity card, we're all emanating this gorgeous light of life all the time, all the time. And we've learned to hide our light. And that's where we find ourselves now is all of us trying to really hide under a sheet and not let ourselves be seen unless we think we look quote unquote perfect. Okay. I can't expose myself unless it's acceptable. We're keeping all our unique colors from shining because we're trying to look like everybody else, (laughs) which makes no sense. And we can't. It's a fool's errand all the time. So If you were able to go back to yourself as a little girl and talk to her about all the stuff that you've learned now that she didn't know, what would you say if you were able to come in as yourself to her? Oh my goodness. So I've done a lot of this because I believe so much in inner child work. I do a lot of that as a therapist because the belief that I hold is that we live our lives and we think that we grow up and now I'm 35-year-old Whitney. But in reality, five-year-old Whitney is still somewhere in there. She just can't drive the car. She's just chilling in the back, but she's still with me. And to the point that the pain and fear that she incurred is still with me. So I believe that when you do inner child work, you go back and you give yourself that love and that reassurance that you didn't get as a five-year-old, which to your point, what I would say is I would say, hey, I see you and I see your beauty and your magnificence. And I encourage you to let yourself shine and be you and know that nothing can truly harm you. 
You might get hurt here and there. Sometimes that happens, but you are unharmable. You are beautiful and perfection. You are divine. So go enjoy life because I learned pretty early that, oh my gosh, I can really get hurt. People can say mean things or they don't like me. And oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And I think that's where the problems really begin is when you're a little kid and you first ask, "Uh uh-oh, what's wrong with me? Why aren't people nice to me? Why did they say mean things to me? Why don't I seem to fit in or whatever it is? I hope that kids get this message, but I didn't get the message of, oh no, you're okay. Because I had my own fearful parent that said, oh, maybe if you do this, or maybe if you change this. Of course, my parents loved me, but they were coming from their own messaging. That's right. How would they not? How would we not? Unless we can only teach what we know. Exactly. And unless we have a whole sea change at some point and go, wow, there's a whole other way to look at this. Let me go back and repair and correct then come from that place. It's like one of the reasons why I think I'm also a recovered alcoholic that at some point I had to make amends. I had to say what I thought was wrong and I'm sorry about that. And now what I know is this and that's what I'm gonna come from. So that bullshit that I used to tell you all the time, not good. Let me tell you now really what the truth is. Yeah. And that's a really empowering thing to hold accountability and to admit that. Some people will go to the end of their lives, not willing to take a look back and be able to say, you know what, maybe I think I was off a little bit and I've changed how I think. And that's a huge thing for us also is that people don't like to admit that what they thought was true might not be true. However, the problem is that the nature of life is that truth is always evolving and that we're always growing to a greater understanding. That's the glory of the divine of life, which is that we're always growing to a greater capacity of knowledge. But if we hold on tight to these old ideas, then we're stuck back where we were and we're not allowing life to take place. That's right. And to think that I cannot go back and say I was wrong about that, that's somehow going to diminish me. But actually, each time it has made me a better person, maybe bigger, and usually help the other person as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Laura Lee, you and I have that in common. I'm also in recovery from substance abuse addiction as well as an eating disorder. And that was a really profound experience was going into recovery and going back and just admitting that the way I conducted myself wasn't a reflection of who I truly am. And I wasn't able to see that until I moved on from that space, but then it became very clear. And I had to go back and recognize that, hey, I took a little detour into this place. <laughs> <Yeah>. of- <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's so much beauty in that because again, I think that causes so much of our society's ills is that we don't want to admit that we ever were exhibiting a a way that we are ashamed of or we didn't like. We don't want to admit our shadow parts, right? You're familiar with shadow work where you're like, hey, I've got these shadowed parts. We try to pretend like they're not there, but you got to let them out into the light in order to truly move forward. Yes. So you have a little platform here to be able to say whatever, but I'm wondering what would you like to talk about that you're doing and that you're working on? Yeah. Oh, wow. How cool. So I am a a therapist. I'm also a tarot reader and I will soon also be a podcast host. I'm starting a podcast. So people can find me on my website, which is womenwaken.com. And if anybody is interested in spiritual guidance work, a tarot reading, which can be really fun and great for guidance and insight, 
you can book a reading there. The women that I'm bringing on to my podcast are those who are, such as yourself, are sort of exploring alternatives to the standard, who are asking this question of, we're really suffering here and there's something here that's not quite right. What can we do to really evolve from this to move forward. You know, and people who are really stepping up and making moves are also offering their gifts. That's the big thing that I highlight. And I call it Women Waken because I think that masculine and feminine are the yin and the yang. We need both. However, there's clearly a more dominant presence of one than the other right now in our society. And bringing in more feminine aspects is what's going to allow for everything we talked about today, which is that unconditional love of the divine. That's a very feminine, a divine feminine quality. It's about harmony, balance, restoration, compassion. So any women who are really beginning to step out with that or notice their gifts, I want to hear from. And you can reach out to me on my website and I'd love to have those people on my show. I'm also, my website is soon going to be a network. It's going to be a a hub for people to come together and share resources. So I'm in the works and creating it to be where you can get a subscription. And I'm going to offer groups, weekly groups for women to come together and talk and share ideas and support groups for growth and, and addressing things like eating disorders with a very open mindset, not a technical or clinical setting, but just very, a heart divine set. Yeah, kind of, kind of a WTF. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why are we still what? doing this? And how do we actually move on? What can we do? And what's our vision? How can we hold this vision together? How can we state our vision and then hold it together? Because that's when a vision becomes reality. The world we live in now, we dreamt it into being. As conditional as it is and as rigid as it is, it's because we developed it to be so. It doesn't have to keep being this way. No, it doesn't. We can change it. I am old enough to remember when I was in high school, I had a job and I wanted to open up a little checking account. And I had to get my mother to sign for that checking account. And then I got married right out of high school. And I had to get my husband to sign for my checking account. So unless I had a mother or a husband, I couldn't have a checking account, but I could have a job and I could make a baby. And I could be a wife, but I couldn't have a checking account. So us, us women at that time said, oh, we're not going to do this anymore. Because men didn't give us the right to have a checking account. We took it. We dreamt it into being. Exactly. What a beautiful point to make on this day, on International (laughs) Women's Day, that it is an acknowledgement of it's when we decide that we hold a different vision, that we believe that things can be different and that we don't have to play by the same parameters that have been established for us that never really did serve us. Right. And that also, it's not that it's a disservice. It's also disrespectful and and disadvantageous for everybody when we're not able to participate and be respected. It's like uh, Trevor Noah says on his show all the time, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have time for that anymore. We needed a checking account. We need to get going. Let's go. Let's go, girls. Come on. to do. We got to get on our way. We got big dreams. Got to make them happen. So I wonder if you will read the bottom of this card that today I will. Absolutely. Today I will practice sitting quietly and try to experience my divine self. I will ask myself, what if just being me as I am is divine? What does divine feel like in my body? How do I want to express my divinity? Oh, I mean, if every morning just only asked that first question, what if just being me as I am is divine, is okay, is all I need to do? It just feels like a lot of suffering would 
be over. And again, to what I was saying earlier is that what's so ironic is that that's the most natural way for us to show up. Yet it's usually the last way that we would consider. We usually wake up and we think, oh, okay, how can I make myself presentable? What do I need to do? Rather than just, ooh, I just woke up this morning. What does life have in store for me? <laughs> right. My friend told me, she said, every morning I wake up and I say, all right, universe, how can I be of service to you today? Wow. What, do you, what do you got for me today? And I think that's so beautiful to think rather, oh my gosh, I'm in this magical world that's pretty mysterious. It feels mysterious. We've really become fairly disenchanted with life when life is so incredibly enchanting. <laughs> yeah. We're like, I have to say that a lot of times I'm like the princess in the pea. It's like really great stuff happening all over. Yeah. But there's a dark cloud right in that sky. I can see it right now. <laughs> totally. Yeah. This happened or that this didn't happen or I right. messed this up or this, I have to deal with this. Instead of, yeah, it's pretty friggin' great. Yeah. And of course, there's a balance, right? And I don't ever like to talk as if, oh, everything's just sunshine and rainbows. We still live on the physical plane. We're dealing exactly. with having bodies. We are divine, yet we are having a physical experience. So our bodies are, are dense. We get the experience of moving through this world as a human being, but we can still see the magic in that. We For don't sure. have to be totally disconnected from the fact that, you know, life is incredible. There's a lot going on that's pretty great, no matter what. Whitney, I'm so glad to have you on my show today. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. And our paths will meet again. I am sure of it. And I'm really so happy to have you on the same earth that I live on at the same time. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.